0: Is fasting necessary for New Testament believers? That's one of the questions we'll explore in today's episode. This is Cherie. Welcome to Meditating the Word. It's day 19 of our 21-day fast. Today, we're going to look at chapters two through five of A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting, Master the Habit that Provokes God's Favor, by Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Chapter Two, The Supernatural Power of Self-Denial. Here, Shuttlesworth emphasizes that the Lord works through his people, and for us to be instruments of his will, self-preparation, is crucial. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. 2 Timothy 2.21 He says that different levels of dedication lead to varying levels of use. He also said God isn't deciding who he can and cannot use. We determine our usefulness and the level at which God can use us by our dedication and obedience. Fasting, as Shuttlesworth points out, doesn't change God's power, but our level of dedication— it's not about seeking more anointing, as the Holy Spirit already dwells within believers, Romans 8, 11. The key is to take authority over the flesh daily, as exemplified by Jesus through his disciplined prayer life. Fasting is telling the flesh that it's not in control of our decisions. If we want to be mightily used by God, We must deny our flesh and press into the realm of spirit. Chapter 3. What is biblical fasting? Moving to chapter 3, Shuttlesworth defines fasting in its biblical context. The Hebrew word tsom suggests the act of closing or covering the mouth, essentially not eating. He asserts that true biblical fasting involves abstaining from food, aligning with Jesus' teachings and practices. The problem with other types of fasting, abstaining from TV, social media, etc., is they don't fully accomplish one of the central purposes of fasting, which is crucifying the flesh. Jesus expected his followers to fast and pray. We see this in Matthew six six, Matthew six sixteen through eighteen, and Matthew nine fifteen. Not only did God's people abstain from food, in some cases they didn't even drink water, as in the account in Esther four sixteen. After Paul's Damascus experience, he ate and drank nothing for three days. We see that in Acts nine nine but fasting devoid of prayer is meaningless. It's the combination that renews our sensitivity to Holy Spirit's voice. Importantly, Shuttlesworth urges believers to start small with fasting, maybe just 24 hours, and progressively deepen their commitment. He stresses that fasting is not and has never been optional. If we want to imitate our Master, Jesus Christ, then we must also imitate his dedication and consecration to his Heavenly Father. Chapter 4. Is Fasting Necessary for New Testament Believers? In chapter 4, the focus shifts to whether fasting is essential for modern-day believers. Shuttlesworth firmly believes it is, citing Christ's example and teachings. He reminds us that Jesus commenced his ministry with fasting and prayer, setting a precedent for all believers. This chapter refutes the idea that Christ's redemptive work negates the need for fasting, instead highlighting its continued importance for spiritual growth and power. The very first thing Jesus was led to do after being filled with the Spirit was to fast The result of his time in fasting, prayer, and overcoming the devil's temptation in the wilderness is seen in Luke 4.14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. In Mark 9, his disciples were confused about their inability to cast a demon out of a boy. He explained the problem to them. And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. Mark 9, 29 The content of Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6 and 9 should be enough for any believer to understand that Christ expects his followers to engage in fasting and prayer. When you give, Matthew 6, 2 When you pray, Matthew 6, 5 and when you fast, Matthew six sixteen, Notice that Jesus didn't say if you fast. He expected that his followers would fast. What Jesus was correcting was giving, praying, and fasting to be seen by others. It was a form of religious pride that had to be dealt with if there were going to be any supernatural blessings for their actions. The practice of fasting and prayer not only continued throughout the New Testament, but also throughout church history. Chapter 5. Did the Apostle Paul believe in fasting? Finally, Chapter 5 explores the Apostle Paul's stance on fasting. Shuttlesworth points out Paul's personal dedication to fasting, especially during pivotal moments. Like his conversion to Christianity, and for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Acts 9 9. Imagine what the Apostle Paul must have felt. He was a profoundly religious man who had dedicated his life to Judaism and spearheaded the persecution of the newly established Christian church. Now, after an encounter with Jesus, he realized that he had been actively persecuting the very God he meant to serve. I think it's safe to assume that Paul was truly humbling himself in fasting and contemplation during these three days before his conversion to Christianity. While Paul did not explicitly write about fasting in his letters, his practices and indirect encouragements, as seen in Acts and in his epistles, strongly suggest his belief in and commitment to fasting as an integral part of Christian life. Why didn't he include teaching on the subject of fasting in his letters? First, all scripture is God-breathed, inspired by Holy Spirit. Paul wrote what he was directed to write, not what he chose to write on his own. Second, it was common practice for believers to fast, so it would have been unnecessary for him to write to the believers about fasting. We can conclude from his own personal dedication to fasting that Paul believed in the practice and modeled it for the believers in the early church. We might even say that he did encourage the believers to fast, albeit indirectly. I urge you then, be imitators of me, 1 Corinthians 4.16, and be imitators of me as I am of Christ. 1st Corinthians 11:1 Ted Shuttlesworth's book offers a compelling and insightful look into the practice of biblical fasting. It's clear that fasting is a powerful spiritual discipline. It's not just about abstaining from food, it's about deepening our connection with God, crucifying the flesh, and preparing ourselves for his use. Okay, my disclaimers I am not a medical professional, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical advice. Please, if you fast, fast responsibly. If you have any underlying health issues or an unhealthy relationship with food, do not fast. And if you're going on an extended fast, it's a good idea to check with your doctor first. We are almost finished with this journey, only two more days after today. How are you doing? What insights or revelations have you had during your fast? Remember, sometimes the revelation doesn't come all at once, but little by little over time. I actually lost 0.4 pounds yesterday, even though I'm eating fruits and veggies and drinking chicken broth. But, Our weight typically fluctuates from day to day. I'm still drinking a gallon of water a day and walking at least 10,000 steps, and I continue reading God's Word, praying, and speaking God's promises over my life and my circumstances. All right, let me pray over you. Father God, as we near the end of our fast, we continue to seek you diligently. Teach us the true essence of self-denial. Help us use this period of fasting to cleanse ourselves from what is dishonorable, to be used as vessels set apart and ready for every good work. Give us the strength to control our fleshly desires and to focus our hearts and minds on you. As we learn about the significance of fasting, guide us to understand its true biblical meaning. May our fasting not just be an act of abstaining from food, but a profound commitment to deepening our relationship with you. Renew our sensitivity to your voice and lead us to a greater understanding of your love and purpose for our lives. Father, as we reflect On the teachings of Jesus and the Apostle Paul. Inspire us to follow their examples in prayer and fasting. May these acts of devotion not be merely ritualistic, but pathways to experiencing your power and presence more fully in our lives. For those who are new to fasting, I pray for their courage to start small, and the perseverance to grow in this discipline. Transform our hunger for food into a hunger for righteousness. Give us a deeper revelation of your word and your ways. Lead us to live lives that honor you, lives of dedication, obedience, and spiritual empowerment. We thank you for your endless grace and for the teachings that draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me on Meditating the Word today. This is Cherie, reminding you that you are in my prayers. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.